0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ableton Music Producer podcast. This is Dan, as always. Today's special guest is extra special. I've been wanting him on the podcast for a while now, and we are going to be chilling with Dylan, uh, aka Ill Gates, which most of you have probably heard of. But he's a brilliant producer, educator, Ableton Live user, obviously. So he's going to drop a lot of great wisdom for us on this episode. We're going to talk about his favorite plugins, different sampling techniques, his insights on being inspired and producing and finishing more tracks. He shares a little bit of an unreleased track and another track he made with a bunch of chickens and fart samples. It's going to be great. But before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Melodics. Shout out to our friends from Melodics.com. They make a desktop app that you can download. You can plug in almost any MIDI controller you want and practice your keyboard. You can practice your finger drumming. You can practice using an electric drum set if you have one. There's a lot of stuff in there, but they have some really fun lessons and a wide variety of songs that you can learn from at different skill levels to step up your practicing and have a good time while doing it. Check that out, Melodics.com, free trial. But also check out the subscription plan, and you can save 20% by using the discount code LPO-20. That's LPO-20. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. If you want to be the first to hear new episodes, go to liveproducersonline.com newsletter. You'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes come out, and I'm going to give you some free gifts along the way with Ableton Live packs, samples, and other cool stuff. Also, before we dive in, I want to let you know if you want to watch the video of this, Dylan actually shares his screen in a couple different things. You might check out the YouTube channel. It's just Live Producers Online. Look for the LPO logo and you can watch the actual video of Dylan and I just chilling on Zoom during this conversation. So be sure to hit the like button, subscribe and all that other stuff. Thanks everybody for the support. Much love. And here's today's podcast with Ill Gates. You're having a good oh, hair day. Cool. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, my wife looks like,
0: me up, man. Just got a
1: free hairdresser.
0: All yeah, it cost me was my soul. Yeah, shameless promo with the producer hat. Oh, yeah, all the day. All yeah, yeah. Day. Love it, dude. No, I've been loving the stuff you've been cranking out. I get all your emails. We actually met, if you remember, in Indianapolis, like a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. It's real- that workshop with Bill.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. I've been meaning to come on your podcast. That was that a podcast. great show. Yeah. No, I was like hounding you then. I was like, yeah, we should join the podcast, dude. It's going to be a good time. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But you were in the midst of like a billion things like you always are. Oh so, God. Yeah. Moving dude, losing the fucking dojo HQ is so sad, man. I'm sorry. Sad. That's wild. Yeah. Cause you recently moved back to your hometown, Toronto. Uh, no I'm I'm actually I moved to Vancouver.
1: I don't I didn't uh, want to backtrack. I felt like going to a new city was the thing. Like I wanted to go somewhere new yeah. and exciting and fun. And I'd always wanted to live in Vancouver <laughs> and I have lots of family and friends here so Yeah. It's amazing. I just wish I could have taken the dojo with me, but that fucking neighborhood went to hell. Yeah. Like a lot of places in LA right now. Yeah, it was crazy. Like there was an outbreak of the black death of Middle Ages fame in the neighborhood next to mine, Skid Row, where all the homeless people are. And we have a rat terrier, which are dogs famous for hunting and killing rats. So we'd be walking our dog around the neighborhood and she would take off to try and kill rats. And we'd be like, don't kill that rat, Daisy. (laughs) You're going to give us all the black death." And that was, like, a real concern we'd have with our little stroller, pushing our stroller through, like, pyromaniac homeless people. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
0: That's wild. Go. Yeah, th- that's when you know it's not a good family neighborhood to be hanging no. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah for it was sure. Yeah, because
1: when we moved there, we weren't pregnant or anything, and then it just, like, you know, we were trying, but we didn't think it was gonna happen and then it did and we were like okay now we have a baby in the fucking ninth gate of hell
0: (laughs) yeah well I mean she's adorable though at least like and I love all the posts that you have with her like dancing to your music it's it's great yeah she
1: rages dude she was like headbanging to Nazi Punk's fuck off last night and I was like Probably shouldn't toast up. It's,
0: it's a little too much swearing. And She's that. just in her pink dress. It's like all happy. It's like innocent. Yeah, That's yeah, hilarious. She, she ready, so hard. did did you teach her like most of the dance moves or did her mom? like? No, she just kind of just started doing it. We're just like, okay. Just natural, instinctive dancer. Yeah. Well, she
1: can't <laughs> talk yet. So it's kind of hard to teach her much of anything. Yeah. It's all interpretive really at this point. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, she's uh, she's got a couple words, but I don't think she understands that, like, like it takes a while for babies to develop what they call concept of mind. So, like, she doesn't understand that, like, I have a different perspective than her and <laughs> that I have a different mental life. Like, it's all just one big thing when you're yeah. that age.
0: Yeah, yeah those were the good old days before reality kicks in. You have to be a grown-up, but... Totally. But yeah, dude, thanks for joining the podcast, you know, and let's talk more about you and what you have going on right now. Um, Uh, Okay, sure. For anybody who doesn't know Dylan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, um, Dylan produces under Ill Gates. According to your words on your site, you're a bass-dropping, educating, oscillator-modulating space genius from the future. So that alone, that alone is pretty impressive. But you've been DJing since you were like 13. Uh, You have a long career in the music business. You're well-known for your teaching. I've watched a lot of your Ableton tutorials. You've collaborated with some really dope artists like Closey, Excision, Beats Antique. I can just keep going. But you also teach through Producer Dojo, your website, and have a label now through that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Guys, I mean, it's been a long journey. I never thought that this was going to be like my career when I started out. Like It was totally just like... I just did it because I loved it and I was in art school. So I thought I was gonna do like graphic design or something. And me and my art collective, um, you know, we would go out to these underground, like kind of illegal raves and squat parties and stuff back in Ottawa when I was a kid and I was just like, Man, this is cool, but it's kind of like a little bit like mindless hedonism when it's just like People listening to fucking repetitive uns 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 all night and taking pills, yeah. like they should switch up the music a bit and maybe have some art here and there. Yeah, and uh, and you know the promoters were like, "Well, quit complaining and do something about it." We were like, "Okay." So me and my friends started like a party deco art collective where we would build like you know robot sculptures and do graffiti demos and break dancing and shit. Nice. And then I ended up. Kind of worming my way onto the lineup because we'd made ourselves useful. Um, and <laughs> we'd be like, yeah, if you want us to do, you know, graffiti up your party and stuff, you got to yeah. give me a time slot. Um, yeah. So I just kind of did it to blow off steam and for fun with my friends and stuff because I was always drawn to it. But everyone around me was like, you know, DJing. Because DJing, like, it, you wouldn't even do underground electronic music in a club back then. Like, it yeah. was like there weren't any concerts. You know, you could never play like, you know, it was like basically illegal parties only yeah. and, you know, and music festivals. But even the music festivals were like sketchy, you know, like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like it is now. Like there's no, there's no like LED walls and all that. It was yeah. like
0: pretty underground back then. Like hanging um, stuff by bed sheets and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like slide projector visuals and stuff like that. nice. Nice. Yeah, it was
1: old school. So I never really thought it was going to become my job. And then just like, you know, I just did it all the time and just, and it just slowly ate my life. And then, yeah.
0: Next thing you know, it's like, you know, 15 years later and I'm here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's what I'm in it. So, in that process, like, how did you get introduced to Ableton and when did you start using it?
1: I started Ableton in version four and I was introduced to it by a guy named Superstyle Deluxe who is a break producer from the UK yeah. and uh, we were hanging out at his house and he showed it to me and I was like, Oh wow, this is like music Lego. Like this is so fun. <laughs> I love the way it's all like, I guess. looks like candy and everything. It plugs does. into everything else all nicely. Cause yeah. I was coming from using logic and Cubase and, Back then in Cubase, like, warping and time stretching weren't that great, and, like, you couldn't rearrange the order of your plugins or have, like, a parallel process that goes back into a non-parallel process like you can in racks or anything. None of that was possible. You know, producing music would take so long. And then, yeah. um, you know, I just like, after uh, chilling at Superstyle Deluxe's house, I came back to, to to North America, and I was like, oh, I'm going to fire up Ableton and see. And, like, I literally played my first gig two days
0: later, like on Ableton. I was just like, nice.
1: I'm, I'm just going to, I'll just DJ just with the QWERTY keyboard. I, don't care. I
0: love this yeah. shit. Yeah, that's awesome. I had the opposite experience. I was like, what the hell is this? And it took me like forever to figure out how just to get sound out of it like 10 years ago. And then like after a while playing with it, you just get all these happy accidents along the way and fall in love. That was my love story with Ableton.
1: Yeah, but I think I I'd probably have, it would have been different if it was my like like earlier on. But I had, I had started on Impulse Tracker, uh, and well, I started started on the MPC, but my first like classic. computer doll was Impulse Tracker, uh, and then from there, Acid Pro, Sony Acid Pro, yeah, um, and that was that was really cool because the um, the audio editing and that the time stretching, like the automatic time stretching all your loops, was incredible. You know, because nice. before that, like. Like on the MPC, let's say you had a bunch of loops playing and you wanted to change the BPM. If those loops weren't chopped, yeah, yeah, it was terrible. So, so yeah, so I used Acid Pro. And then from Acid, um, you know, I wanted to add MIDI. So I used Reason uh, to add MIDI parts and FL Studio. And I was just like, this is this weird combo. Like surely there's a DAW that can do all that. So then I started using Logic. And then um, I was on Windows then, and Logic, uh, they stopped making it for PC. So I switched over <laughs> to Cubase and then I did my last Fat Conductor album on Cubase and then started using Ableton. So nice. it's was like, I was, I was really used to seeing the same concepts expressed so many different ways that yeah. when Ableton came around, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like they've fixed all these problems that were driving me fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Still no. not the pitch bend one though. The pitch, pitch bend still gets stuck.
0: Yeah. No, it does on the push too. Yeah. That's a struggle. That you know uh, how you do it? Uh, user mode? Mod- modulate the transpose.
1: The pitch bender. Yes. Completely no. sidestep the pitch bender yes. and modulate the transpose. That's In either true. Either simpler or sampler, the transpose does not step and you can modulate it. Yep. And get, uh, uh, as long as your clip is not warped, you get perfectly clean um, you know, pitch bends, but you can specify the depth on the fly. So you can do like a one semitone yeah. pitch bend and then later in the track you can do a 48 semitone pitch bend and have just as precise control and are you in the ableton
0: certified trainer facebook group i am not certified okay and yeah well i knew that supported but supported like, by ableton <laughs> but i have never taken the time off the road or whatever to go um, get the certification it's funny how many people have said that on this podcast that i've met actually <laughs> we're just yeah, like, like bill's thing. not
1: certified either
0: right yeah might as well be though but honestly uh that's funny cuz that was a that thread that was floating around in the Facebook group last week so I thought that might have been why you brought that up. No. But but no that's a thing. No, I
1: actually there was a guy who brought it up on Reddit and I answered I answered it and he was like like literally just told me to fuck off and I was just like <laughs> wow like I just totally solved your thing for you and you're angry.
0: Yeah. It's just a salty person. I don't know. Yeah. Best of Some luck. Some people
1: don't like, don't like yeah. being
0: told that they're doing it wrong, I guess. That's but true. Yeah.
1: Because like, you, autom- you can modulate the transpose on a clip, but you always get the stepping because they don't let you modulate an unwarped clip and they don't let you modulate the transpose on a clip on repitch. And I yeah. was hoping that they would let you modulate the transpose on the repitch and then it would just get longer. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that would work. I'm, um, I'm on eleven.
0: It's it's pretty sick, but you still can't modulate on warped clips. Oh really? See, I was told that that was a feature that they were going to release with eleven, and I don't yeah, know. Apparently, it never did. Let me try. <laughs> no, try I, I believe you. I open, totally believe you. But I'll I'll fire up eleven. I'm pretty
1: sure you still can't. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been producing. Yeah, like I'm like
0: 10, eleven. It's been pretty fun. Oh, it's been great. I love eleven. Yeah. What are some of your favorite updates with eleven? Let's go there.
1: Uh, comping because oh yes. my god did I yes. ever have workarounds for that for real um, yeah. so yeah comping definitely a big thing um, I'm really really into the new effects like the um, the spectral effects yeah yep, still no yep still no
0: modulating okay world, well I lied then. I just we lied on my podcast lying. Cool. <laughs> lying to the world yeah I'm sorry I take that back everybody <laughs> <laughs> apologize it would nope. be very cool though. That would be really um, cool. But yeah, I mean, so the
1: comping, the comping's huge and the um, spectral resonators and delays are holy shit amazing. hmm Um, I really like that they redid the chorus and the redux effects. Same. Those and the flanger, the new flanger stuff sounds great. Cause that was always like, <clears throat> I don't know, like the 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 surgical approach that Ableton took with their plug-in design, I felt was very appropriate for something like a compressor or an EQ because a good deal of the time you do not want the compressor or EQ to color the sound in any way so having a completely transparent option for those is good but then when you apply that same transparent sort of mathematical approach to something like a phaser or a flanger or chorus or bit reduction there's like like you use those effects because of the character that they impart so I think it's worthwhile to invest some time and energy in like active non-linearity and and having a pleasing coloration yeah. of the sound that happens because like um i used to Oto bisque uh software emulation from uad anytime i want to do bit reduction and that bit reduction fucking sounds insane it's yeah, like
0: the- uad is what's up I'm in that Uday family, too. I love their yeah. shit. It's so good. I, note Echo is pretty cool, too, with MIDI Yeah, Note effects. Echo.
1: And Probability Events, I've always been into generative music. So
0: probably yeah. stuff, I'm pretty... No, but you're right. Like, Audio Effects got a huge facelift for 11. That made me and a lot of people happy. And the hybrid reverb, I think, sounds incredible, too.
1: Yeah, really, really nice. Really, really yeah. nice. And I just, like, you know, like, when I'm doing sound design... I try to stick to mostly the Ableton native effects simply because, like, let's say that you were to use a bunch of really big, heavy, fancy uh, UAD plugins and you did not resample it. When you have them early in the chain, you're kind of, like, committing yourself to this huge amount of processor load and latency later. Like, I usually, like, if I'm not resampling, I'm using the leanest effects that I can because I like to use my hands. And lately I've been using the MPC inside of Ableton um, nice. f- instead of drum racks, uh, because you can always just edit, like it's, it's just there. You don't have to go select your drum rack channel and then call it up yeah. and push and then edit. It's yeah. always there. And I really like, um, you know, are there some features in the MPC that, that, that still do not exist in Ableton or Machine or anywhere else? For example, each pad has an offset, whereby you can make it record make it happen um late so you can be drumming on the beat and your sounds happen slightly after the midi note that shit fucking sounds so brain feeder flying lotus like it's like a little flam type of thing yeah but but you don't hear it like the initial midi note there's silence and then so i'll do that with delays a lot yeah, I'll take a delay. Put the put wet dry all the way up, feedback all the way down, and then no input processing. Like a lot of delays will have a high pass, low pass filter for input processing, mm-hmm. so that you can uh, differentiate the delayed signal from the dry signal. Uh, so you turn all that processing off. Just go all the way wet, feedback all the way down, and then you use like a value in milliseconds to make whatever your sound that is that delay the grid. Yeah, because one of the biggest problems that you have when mixing a track is that all the transients are exactly mathematically perfectly on top of each other yeah so you have the loudest portion of every sound happening at the exact same fucking time Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: if you listen to like like uh i mean it like in the 80s and 90s people were ripping their hair out trying to get precise midi timing like that and like when you're doing sound design you want things to hit at exactly the same time you know and you want to have that level of control, but the grooves that you get, like like once you learn to work with offset, you know, not swing because swing moves the whole grid to go dicky duck dicky dookie dicky duck, and yeah. but the transients are still exactly on top of each other. But once you start offsetting the transients, like you can do a track delay, but track mm-hmm. delay adds loads of latency to your project. So yeah. I like to either do it with the the delays or yeah. um, by actually offsetting inside the MPC. Yeah. Um, And I just like using my hands and anytime, because even a lot of the Ableton devices will add tiny little bits of latency. And let's say you have a bass sound that has a lot of processing on it. I know, radical, radical idea. But let's say (laughs) you have a bass sound with lots of processing on it and you want it to be side-chained by a kick sound that has almost no processing on it, right? Well, if that bass sound has, let's say, 75 milliseconds of latency added by the cumulative effect of all of those plugins, Ableton's gonna have to slow that kick down by 75 milliseconds before it activates the sidechain. So when there's all these different chains and they're interacting, especially through side chains, the whole thing just starts slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. So I normally like to have my side chains very late in the process, like at the group stage mm-hmm. um, often, or I, before they had groups in groups, I would route all of my groups that I wanted sidechain to go through a send. Oh, yeah. Sends are at the end of the order of operations, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, MIDI input, MIDI plugins, MIDI instrument, effects, groups, and then whatever groups are inside of groups, et cetera, nested groups, and then they meet up with the sends. The sends and the the master. master. And so if if you send... A bunch of groups through ascend and have the sidechain there it's like you're minimizing that slowdown that mm-hmm. happens because of the order of operations mm-hmm. so yeah that makes but yeah sense. so that's a really long explanation with <laughs> bonus info about why why do you use only native plugins early in the chain because free really content things down yeah. early in the chain it slows everything else down yeah but that's I, the real thing i use fancy plugins when i'm making samples though
0: Well, and you make a lot of mud pies, so you probably end up flattening a lot of that processing down to audio anyway, right? Yeah. Yep. So for people who don't know what a mud pie is, like maybe explain that.
1: Okay, so um, I actually first learned of this concept from Skinny Puppy back in the uh, early 90s. It's great, They had an album called Brap. Yeah, Skinny Puppy, they were like industrial before industrial was anything, like before Nine Inch Nails. Um, Yeah, they were in the like psychic TV kind of like, proto like you know when they're yeah. making industrial with fucking it, crayons and rocks and sticks yeah. and shit right but they're they're really amazing they were doing full-on audio video shows where they're like crazy animal rights activists like covering themselves in fake blood and showing people factory farming footage <laughs> and like the snare drum would be like anvils and stuff like it was crazy fucking music like yeah. their shows were Scary and intense. Really trippy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, they're really, they're actually, um, uh, the guitarist William is like a good friend of my wife. Uh, he's, he's a fucking genius guy. He actually works on the the food network. He was like doing that weirdest restaurants show and like a bunch of other Oh, that's things, awesome. You know, but yeah. yeah, he's a really good film director. He does a lot of cool music videos and shit too. Nice. Anyway, they had an album called Brap. And they, you know, in the liner notes of the album called Brap, and Brap was like, you know, some of their weirdest music, but also like outtakes and studio kind of like, you know, offcuts and stuff in it. And uh, in the liner notes, they explained that that a brap was part of their process where they would get high because they were heroin addicts. They would get high, record, and then deal with the recordings later, right? <laughs> so that was kind of their like, their, there was like a jam, but a recorded jam where the objective was to just get as fucking crazy as they possibly could and just make the wildest, most insane sounds and like try and break all of their technology. Right?
0: That sounds like some horrible post-mixing that would have to occur.
1: Well, yeah. no, but the thing is then then they, you would take that and use that as your sample material.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. there's
1: a tendency if you're not partaking in these sort of recorded extreme, you know, technology abuse sessions, you end up, Making very conservative sound design decisions because you're like, okay, well, this is yeah. my bass patch. I don't want to break it. So I'm not going to like do anything extreme to the knobs and yeah. try not to move anything around. I might make tiny little increments <laughs> to perfect it, but don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. And then you end up with these really, like, because a lot of the time, too, like, let's say you're using presets and you load up a preset. Chances are the person who's made that preset tried a lot of the adjacent variants and found that they just weren't as good and that 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 was the best state they could get it in and then they hit save so when you load that thing up and you're like let's try and make some different versions of this a lot of the time the kind of like adjacent mutations are not that great yeah and you end up sticking with the preset because if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah right then your music sounds like a big old pile of presets
0: yeah and that's Boring. Yeah, it's like Splice oh. land now, pretty much. Everybody's living it's I've heard so many samples. It's like, yeah, I heard that in Splice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So um, so these sessions, I call them mud
1: pies because that's like, you know, Brap is kind of like a word that doesn't really mean anything outside of the skinny puppy context. I think when you call them mud pies, people are like, Oh, you're supposed to play around and make a mess. I get it. You know, like it's kind of says what it is. Yeah. I like I like that, you know? So um yeah, so I'll make mud pies and when i'm making mud pies like because i love modular synths there's no presets over here you know <laughs> like it's, it's it's it there's no way to recall fucking anything like yeah you, uh,
0: when you're there you're there there's really you no going record back it or it's gone yep that's so, why i love my moog sub 37 is because it's got that beautiful hybrid i can pull up those presets that i wanted before and then snap those knobs back yeah those okay. are and they
1: sound so good
0: hey, she's so good. thick she's a thick girl yeah yeah. She sounds nice. I love this thing. Bass wobbles Sweet. all day. But yeah, you got some beautiful racks there, man. Um, yeah, I'm
1: pretty stoked. I'm actually um, just about to put everything into a server rack uh, to nice. save space. Yeah, I want to have this as my controller keyboard like on a keyboard stand and then have everything in like a floor-to-ceiling server rack. Because yeah. I have like a um, uh, hardware mixer that I want to get in here. And then... Um, uh, Novation are sending me the last Apex Twin Bass Station.
0: Oh. Whoa. night. Merry Christmas to you.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. Yeah, they saved me the last one.
0: That's pretty then, cool.
1: Yeah, those things are really fucking amazing because, I yeah, mean, the are. base station is already great. Um, and then they had the Apex mode on the base station whereby each key becomes its own patch with instant recall. It's amazing. So you can make, like, a drum kit with, like, fucking, you know, like... 32 patches or whatever and then like just rock it out all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they're like, well that's cool enough that we we need a purple one with the AFX Twin logo on it. And I think that was a great decision. I fully support that.
0: <laughs> well yeah, especially now. Um so you talked about the mud pies. I also love your infinite drum rack. That that was a staple. Oh yeah, the
1: 128s, That was my early yeah.
0: time to fame. In- yeah, it really was. It still is, man. Because I actually stole that idea, and I'm that's my birthday gift, or I'm sorry, Christmas gift to all of my students. Is I just made like an infinite drum rack, and I'm yeah. going to be sending it out with love and care. Thanks to you.
1: Yeah. So the the technique is
0: um, basically you
1: avoid going through sample folders. Uh, and because it's time-consuming and it's just the wrong context to decide what your track needs. Usually, mm-hmm. like it's one thing if you're digging for like records or you're digging for like vocal samples or something, but if you're digging through kicks, holy moly, that is just ruin your session. It's the so, worst. Um, what you do is you get a sampler. Any sampler will do. I use the Ableton sampler, but any sampler will do. You take the whole folder. You put it in the sampler, you split them one per key, and then you save it. And the next time you need a kick, you load that one in and you get a whole menu. Sometimes you'll use them in a drum rack, and sometimes you'll use them just on a channel. I find if you're making um, the real trap shit, having just a 128 full of hi-hats as just its own channel is really nice. Because then you can like go back and forth between different hi-hats. Yeah. Um, I also find if you're trying to make like a scrambly sort of a patch and uh, you want to have like some random sample selecting, I will split the 128 by velocity. right? So like, let's say you want it to be random, but repeatable, right? Cause there's this thing called a Turing machine uh, that is often, you know, like you hear it a lot like the old school, like modular shit, but uh, basically it is a machine that is constantly generating a random voltage And if you take that random voltage and you run it through a scale quantizer, it'll give you a random series of notes. And then the idea is that you crank it and it's just making and then you're like, wait, I liked that one. And then it holds that pattern. And then you have a bar that was randomly generated that you've now selected, right? So uh, when you're working, like let's say you have a 128 with a bunch of different like laser blips and bloops and stuff, um, I find that if you split them by velocity, you can use the velocity randomness. And if you're recording the MIDI, that MIDI will play back exactly the same. Nice. So then you can, you can have a repeatable randomness, which is yeah.
0: nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, uh, you did a similar thing with like the arpeggiator and, like a hi-hat drum rack. I saw you do a video about that. Yeah. Where it just yeah, keeps arpeggi- spitting out different, like velocity or not just velocities, but different hi-hat samples, like one by one. sounds really cool. Totally.
1: Um and then also I tend to combine these two like the resampling techniques like uh um when I'm making uh drum kits, actually here I'll just share my screen. Oh,
0: you've disabled screen sharing. Oh, we can fix that in about okay. five, four, three, there you go. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna share my screen. We'll go into
1: Ableton. So um I use a synth that I call Goldzilla. And Goldzilla is a black and gold SH101. And nice. uh, yeah, one of the original ones from before MIDI was a thing. And <laughs> cool. um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's the yeah, it sounds great. Like the the um actually here, let's see if I can change I need to adjust a sound card here. And go like that so we get stereo. Is that going to let me do that? Uh, I think I'm getting mono. Uh, um, So, anyway, so uh, this is a drum kit that I made from Goldzilla. uh, And you can see here, like for example, when I was designing this uh, kick sound, I'll make a sample that looks something like this, where you have just like an increasing decay or something, whatever parameter you want to modulate. So, I have It's starting to sound like a whale call. And when you have something like that in a drum kit, instead, you split the drum kit by transients, right? You can see that these are all split by transients. And then when you change the note, or, you know, I can select my kick here. But when I'm changing uh, the MIDI note here on this channel, uh, if I select a different MIDI note, you know, I can get different uh, chops inside that sample. Okay. So. Uh, then basically your long recording becomes essentially like a 128.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense
1: within the same sound. So That's I find cool. that um, I find that resampling technique uh, really useful, not just with hardware synths, but yeah. soft synth or whatever, whatever. I'll just like you know, find a sound and then just make like a ton of different variations. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially if it's with a parameter like the decay, which is kind of an obvious one to use, or like the uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have it split by velocity. So that, like the harder you hit it, the longer the decay is. Mm-hmm. Um, another really fucking incredible thing that the MPC does is it, it links the, um, v- uh, the attack time to velocity is one of the default routings in the mod matrix. So let's say you have a hi-hat. When you play the hi-hat gently, it sounds more like a shaker and that doesn't have a transient. And then when you oh, play it wow. hard, you get a sharp yeah. transient. So the velocity becomes like a transient modulation. That's interesting. Really fucking useful with drums.
0: Like, oh, yeah. Like re- you can make it amazing. so much more expressive that way.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, The way like, the tone I'm, is. Yeah. Yeah, here, I'll show you. I'll show you actually. here. I'm... Um, working on this track um this is a little
0: preview
1: on the exclusive release that i'm working on here. pre-release um yeah this is very pre um but here i'll show you you can hear what it sounds like uh, let's see it's make sure quick time is routing into to loop back yes it is okay so um yeah you can hear what that sort of sound sounds like <laughs> Yes, dude. Hear that? Like the way the shake, the hi hat goes between being a shaker and a hi hat as like, yeah modulates it. Yeah, yeah that it's, was like, really, really cool. simple. Yeah, but yeah, Let's you can you it. can do it in the Ableton sampler, but you have to go into the mod matrix and like uh, use the time parameter, and yeah. then you just have a little bit of you have like a um you know like a one or two millisecond attack time that yeah. you can't hear when it's at maximum velocity and then um the lower velocities like if you modulate it to time the lower velocities it'll slow it down enough that you can start to hear the attack time but That's you awesome. can't modulate the attack directly in Ableton it's annoying yeah. so it's another that is interesting thing. Yeah, MPC can do a lot of stuff that only MPC can do.
0: Wow, that's I, a perfect marriage. I think you probably just made me go out and buy an MPC honestly right now. Yeah,
1: well, I I mean the standalone machine, I'm pretty fucking excited about that. I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: just yeah. got to wait for the new year cuz Native Instruments sold them all for Christmas, but they're gonna they're gonna hook me
0: up. So Hell yeah. Stoked. Thanks Santa. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have yeah, friends like them.
1: Yeah, cuz that um like I like the actual DAW better in machine. Mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote a lot of my best tracks in machine.
0: I still have Ableton students that use machine for half their production.
1: Yeah, for phase 1, it's like
0: they love shit. it. Yeah what's up everybody wanted to remind you to go check out melodics.com because it's super cool and you'll be sad if you don't if you own a midi controller whether it's a keyboard or a controller for finger drumming like a launch pad or a push 2 you can just quickly plug it into melodics they have a free trial and you can just practice your skills all it takes is like 15 20 minutes a day you just spend some time practicing your scales practice finger drumming practice playing keyboard to all different kinds of songs, different genres. There's a huge lesson variety. Take advantage of it. Go to melodics.com. Use the discount code LPO-20. That's LPO-20. And you can save 20% on their subscription plan. So check that out. Also check out the free trial and back to the episode. Nice. So uh, as far as like third-party plugins go, like what if you couldn't live without like say 2 or 3. Um what would you choose? For mixing and then also just for, for mixing
1: sooth 2. Yes. percent Like it's, Yeah,
0: they sponsored the podcast actually, the great company. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they make great stuff. And they're yeah, it's spendy but it's worth it. It really is. Know?
1: So for those of you who don't know what soothe 2 does, soothe 2 basically is uh it you know like a deesser will um, remove the harsh sibilance that comes out when you compress audio signals, because um, basically the s parts of the sound are usually much quieter than the uh, open ah uh, vowel parts of the sound, and then when you compress it, that reduction or that that difference is reduced, and you get like a sharp, painful sibilance that yeah. sounds really bad at volume so a de will listen for that specific frequency and when that specific frequency jumps up the de pushes it down well the problem is that that sibilance that's characteristic of speech but other sounds have resonant frequencies that can max out and can especially as this sound is run through compression and other processes those those resonant peaks will jump out it's a problematic in like bell sounds mm. or uh, anything else that has like kind of pure uh, a weight towards the fundamental like a pure tone or almost pure tone can get yeah. really really sharp so soothe is kind of dynamically turning those peaks down as they occur wherever they occur and not yeah. just in the sibilant frequency of like six to eight k because you might have an annoying
0: peak at 2k
1: yeah
0: all the time. Especially on vocals or hi hats or whatever else mud pies you're making. Who knows? Yeah. But, so
1: I use I use that. So for mixing, I'd say that's my my go to. Um oh yeah, and usually usually this, most things have OTT and soothe, both.
0: Yeah. Like Ableton's point. OTT multi band dynamics yeah, preset I the or one, yeah. but, you know, yeah.
1: I'd say I'd say like, you know, it's it's almost its own plug at this point. It um, kind of is, yeah.
0: And then are you talking third party only? Because the Ableton Echo Effect I use probably yeah same. Is the Ableton love, Echo Effect. You just turn up that feedback, you can get that nice little build yeah, up riser.
1: Uh, modulation tab, man, there's some mm. good shit in there. Like mm-hmm. LFOing things, you can add vibrato to like your master. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of shit sounds wild. That's
0: that's hot. Honestly, the chorus ensemble is really cool. It has that vibrato built into it as well for eleven with that new device. Yeah. We'll yeah, be playing with that. Cool. That's my new go to as well. Yeah.
1: So um, let's see, what other third party ones that are like Desert Island? I mean, probably serum, obviously. I'd right. say like if I'm using soft sense, I normally use serum. Um, um, and
0: then so we got um As far as your bass sounds, what's like your go-to bass hardware, instrument? Hardware, hardware. Yeah, always yeah, yeah
1: always hardware. Uh, and I, you know, I normally am processing a sine wave, a hardware sine wave. I'll start with a sine wave, and then through, you know, various techniques like you know sine compression or, um, you know, adding amplitude modulated white noise mm-hmm. to the top layer or whatever. I'll, I'll create top end out of the sine wave, and then that way, the top end is top end is phase locked, and you don't have mm-hmm. to do that thing where you make a nice sounding mid range space synth and then you have to like copy all the bends and stuff and try and keep your sub in phase with it forget about it yeah you know so i normally uh i normally we use like a moog oscillator or the sh 101 has uh if you turn the filter resonance up until it like self-oscillates you can get um you can get like a really really juicy sort of a sound so i'll um I'll, i'll use that and tune it Nice. Yeah, I use for subs and stuff I use hardware.
0: Do you do you find yourself recording like synth bass analog hardware and then changing the BPM and slowing it down quite a bit and then having to retrack because it just stretches and creates artifacts?
1: Yes, no. I mean, I don't when I'm recording bass, I'm just recording no intervals, nothing. Like I just record like a long tone. Yeah. And then I will sample that. And then I have all of these different, like uh, here I can start screen sharing, right? If I go to SH 101, let's see if I have bass here. Uh, SH 101 saw.
0: So you're playing back most of your basses in like a simpler sampler then? Nice. Yeah, I'll make these sampler instruments for myself. So this one here, you can see that these are.
1: Oh, wait, here I gotta go turn that channel on. Yeah, there we go. So each one of these is a different, like I've made a long. Recording and then these are um, Mm. each one of those has a loop you can see where it holds. Gotcha. Yep. And I've gone with the tuner and like, you know, they've all been tuned. So, ooh, it's got a nice pluck to it. It's very transient. Yeah. It's hot. Like, it's just the. Fucking weight that you get with the <laughs> SH 101. <it's> yeah, man. <laughs> crazy. Like, it just, it, there's no substance. Like, I do shootouts. You know, I'm constantly looking for, like, what is the best sine wave I can make? What is the best square wave I can make? What is the best saw wave I can make? And I'll do shootouts between, like, hardware synths and software synths and stuff. And the actual, just like, the waveforms out of those old school Japanese rolling circuits. There's something They're thick. There's just something different about them. Like, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think we even know what it is that makes them better because even the in mod- modeling of their SH 101, like in the SH 01A, the little boutique mm-hmm. one, it doesn't, I mean, it does a pretty good job, but it's not like, it just doesn't sound like the actual old school SH 101. And yeah. I'll, I, it's good enough that I'll forgo fucking MIDI.
0: you're like you're you're giving up convenience at that point yeah yeah totally no for sure the sacrifices we make first world producers yeah but yeah man i i I think that you know digital is really good vsts are really good but there's just something about the quality of of true analog that like it's just it's always even just a lot of imperfections it's imperfections yeah
1: and like things are always a little bit out of tune Mm -hmm. and it's always like You know, those little bit of wiggle and wobble. And like, there's like, I think people don't really appreciate the, how historically anomalous high fidelity audio is. Right. Because we're all like, we're just so used to everything sounding fucking perfect. Yeah. Crisp highs and deep Mm -hmm. sub bass and shit. Like, sub bass was not a fucking thing outside of like thunderstorms and explosions. You know, like they didn't, yeah. they didn't, like in classical music, they just don't even write any notes that are below 100 hertz because they couldn't make them, you know? Yeah. And fun fact most symphonies these days have someone with a Moog off stage who is like doubling up the super low bass parts that they really? just can't
0: hit. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I want to have that old. job. I want to have that it's, job. It's just a guy who's would... Not
1: the most glamorous. I mean, but like. You go to the bar after, you'd be like. <laughs> You remember that one bit? <laughs> that
0: was me. I hit that note on that Moog <laughs> behind the curtain. <laughs> I still do they're it. They're exchanging looks with the fucking symbol person. They're like, just like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Almost time. Oh, hell I'm yeah. going to get him good. Wait for it. Wait. Wait. <laughs> just one big finger right there. Yeah. Game over. Um, yeah, that's glamorous. But- but, yeah, so, I mean, people don't really appreciate that shit. So, like,
1: if you're making music and you're using all these really high fi presets and high-five samples and shit, because, like, let's say you're making a commercial sound library, right, and you want to make a library of kicks. Your kicks are competing with other people's kicks. So, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. So, your kick needs to have more transient than the other guy's. It needs to have more sub than the other guys. It needs to have more stereo image than the other guys. It needs to have more highs than the other guys. And, it, and you just end up making these kicks that like in the context of a four of kicks, like, yep, that one's the most, right? Yeah. So then you take the kick that's the most and you put it into context with the snare that's the most and the hi-hats that are the most and, and the bass it, patch that's the most. It's just a lot perfectly fucking hi-fi the psychoacoustics are all fucking wrong yeah right and yeah. sounds don't go because they're the same they go because they're different from each other they're you know and like you listen yeah. to like a pink floyd record or whatever you know the the guitar is not trying to you know have bass you know and the the drums like you know, yeah, the, the hi-hat might have transient, but the kick and the snare probably aren't trying to have huge transients. You know? And yeah. Like, the bass sounds, um, you know, they're they're like, like the, the sounds are kind of staying out of each other's way because they're not all trying to be the most all the time. Right. They're not trying to compete to be bought off of a shelf. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to work together to make a song. Mm-hmm. And things go because they're different. And what makes something sound good in a mix is going to make it sound bad in the context of a sample archive on the shelf at fucking whatever commercial sample maker store right yeah and that's why people who make music with fucking presets their shit sounds like clashing and jangly and fucking all over the place is because all these presets are trying to sound the most and this Mm -hmm. person's like you know what all these other sounds sound the most my kick doesn't sound the most anymore let's turn that shit up
0: yeah but if you just make it (laughs)
1: motherfucker turn everything else down take those transients off make shit mono Run through the cabinet plugin make it sound lo-fi. make it sound bad make it sound broken make get it off the grid Mm -hmm. you know and all that shit is what makes a mix sound good it's not it's not that everything's fucking
0: perfectly off the shelf right like yawn yeah, no, and I think like, especially even for me starting out mixing, I think I struggled with analysis paralysis because of that. It's because like, oh, well, everything has to be super polished and perfect all the time. And it, yeah, it's not the, it's not the, the worst, analogy. the better, man. Like, Bad is good. Yeah. And, no, and that's one thing I love about your philosophy and like Bill Gates theology is really just like... <laughs> it's if it, theology
1: now. Well, I mean, the is God, to be I, fair. I mean, yeah, it's like... Did you know I'm, I'm actually a priest? I am. I've. 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 You're appreciated weddings and shit. Yep. Really? Yeah. I run the Church of Base, so it's funny. That that's amazing. Know,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll definitely. I'll uh, definitely come church, to your church.
1: Established in 2012 with the Church of Bass tour and the Church of Base EP. So you're ordained.
0: Yes. I'm that's an ordained ama- minister that's amazing. That's amazing. Including the, the um,
1: at Shambala, the couple who created PK Sound and run the Village Stage. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and Erica, uh, they got married before Shambhala in a Star Wars-themed wedding. And I was the priest That's a, priest a, that's at the a village at am- <laughs> Shambhala at a Star Wars-themed wedding. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. So do you watch yeah. The Mandalorian too then?
1: Uh, I haven't. Actually, I saw the first episode. But to be honest, I try and stay away from the shows that make you want to binge them because yeah.
0: that's just studio hours. Just No, you're 100% right. I, don't, I feel like I'm way behind on pretty much every show my friend watches because yeah. of that. The
1: Expanse is my big binge one man that
0: shit is fucking The Expanse? Awesome.
1: Expanse? Yeah, it's like,
0: Expanse. I haven't seen that.
1: It's it's like uh humans have colonized the solar system but have not spiritually progressed at all. So it's just like space capitalism just fucking grinding everybody's
0: <laughs> life into dust. It's great. This is like modern times, basically. Yeah, but yeah, space. But space, cool.
1: Yeah, right everybody on. wants to kill each other. They all hate each other. Like the the people in the asteroid belts, like they're like space miners. They hate all the people on the interplanets. And then the Martians hate the people from Earth because they're all descended from scientists and shit, right? <laughs> Whereas the people from Earth have just like totally fucking there's no jobs or anything so everybody's just on fucking welfare and they're just like ruining the fucking already ruined planet the people on mars are like you idiots had a perfectly good planet and now we're terraforming fucking mars you suck it sounds of like, course they hate the people from earth
0: yeah, it's it's rational honestly it sounds like a rick and morty episode it's great it's great but yeah that's that so
1: so i'm like i got super hooked on that shit and then i was like oh man i can't i just can't take people's recommendations or i was just fucking hours just slipping yeah. through my fingers. Yeah. People are like,
0: "Do you snowboard?" That.
1: I'm like, "Nope. Nope. I'm studio <laughs> hobby student when that snow starts falling, I'm like, "Great, no one's coming over. Get in the studio."
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You just have like a screen image on your desktop of you snowboarding. I have pictures of mountains. I think we all do. That's that's your snowboarding time. It's just looking at yourself you <laughs> when you used to snowboard. I guess like a couple of quick questions and I want to respect your time cuz I know we're both really busy what advice would you give to some producers that feel like they're stuck or they have creative blocks? Because I hear that a lot. I'm sure you hear that a lot too. Like, what's your um, answer for some something like that? I,
1: I mean, I get that it can feel like you have a creative block, hmm. but to be honest, that's actually just like a rationalization of procrastination. Just like, just like, um, you know, people are like, oh, I'm a perfectionist, you know? Like all that shit is like, it's just like, shut up and get to work. Like, that's, I, I, professionals, they just get to work. You just yeah. get to work. And like, inspiration comes from results. It comes from momentum. If you just use whatever your strategies are to get the process rolling and something exciting happens, you will become inspired because something exciting happened. Yeah. Right? If you're sitting there waiting to be inspired, whatever, you're you're just going to wait the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. And if you're, if you're, you're bored with the results that your techniques are yielding, go study, go learn something new, go watch some YouTubes until you find something interesting, play with that until it becomes exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, like to just like, just be like, ah, the world's just not stimulating enough. I'm just going (laughs) a way around to be stimulated until I get a wild hair and then I'm going to start writing music. It's like, come on. Yeah. The world doesn't owe you that. Yeah. Fucking don't be lazy. Dude, that's no, some like tough,
0: tough dad love right there. Yeah, for real, real, dude. Like, I'm not real, your
1: sugarcoat shit.
0: Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's true. I've experienced that for myself too. It's like a lot. I see a lot of people who just give up because they're not willing to put in the hours of the work. It's like you kind of expect like one plus two equals three, and I'm just gonna always like plug in the same little beep boop boop code, and then it pops out the same result. Music doesn't really work like that. Um, oh,
1: you, you gotta. Um, I mean, if you separate your time into daytime and nighttime mm-hmm. sessions, it's a big part of what I teach you. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, you, I love that. Set aside full days for writing. Start as early as you can. Put a lot of intention in it. Try not to like read the news. Try not to put too much decision-making effort into your breakfast. Try not to like think about anything else except for that track. If you take breaks, like, don't listen to competitive competing music within your genre go like go for a walk do the dishes you know but don't do anything that requires thought or decision making <laughs> because you have a finite amount of decision points per day and if you exhaust that shit you're useless and you know to finish a track is just decision 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 without hesitation so don't waste any of your decision points um and just fucking go don't do anything that's going to sidetrack your process so that means that in your nighttime sessions you need to do everything that's to, to make that as efficient as possible and to make it so you have to make as few decisions as possible. So in your nighttime sessions, that's when you make drum kits, sample synthesizers, play with new plugins, Mm -hmm. um, you know, practice your finger drumming, uh, make drum kits, make a a beat for later, make, write some lyrics for later, you know, record a bunch of fucking laser noises, whatever. Right. But you, you have all that shit ready so that when you start, you're just like, oh let's just fucking put all the lego pieces together off we go
0: right yeah 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 and then it's just so much faster and more fun to produce when you're not stuck in preset land all day
1: yeah and then the fact that you're watching something magically come together where before there was nothing that's exciting yeah that's inspiring
0: right yeah yeah totally man well, like twenty twenty has kind of been a shit show. I think we all know that. We all acknowledge that. We don't have to talk about. No, it. it.
1: it was great. It spent, spent the whole time just getting everything I wanted handed to me on a silver platter. Was,
0: yeah, was I was on a, I was on a cruise ship the whole year. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> like but propellant to cruise
0: ships. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but like, it's been a weird year. How have you seen everything in the midst of twenty twenty impact the music industry?
1: Dude, I mean, I
0: got my ass
1: handed to me. I was touring three shows a week to fucking pay for that giant warehouse that I had. Yeah. That sucked. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, It's dude, I, I know people who were, like, getting 10 grand a show that are packing groceries now. like it's crazy, It's fucking man. brutal. It's like, crazy. It's just brutal. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of openings when things open up again, but a lot of people I know who are like, they're like, I don't want to go back to being a booking agent, you know. I don't want to go back to being a fucking bartender. I don't want to go back. Like, it's not like it's just gonna. It's not like they're just gonna hit go and it's gonna turn on like a switch. Like the whole industry yeah. got fucking gutted, man. You know, and yeah. And then of course Saudi Arabia buys up half a billion dollars worth of Live Nation stock when they're bleeding out their ass. So now we have uh, good old MBS telling us what we can oh say gosh. or not on
0: stage. What could go wrong? Yeah, this sounds like a perfect marriage. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, because that was the whole thing, like with the NBA when when LeBron was like, "Hey, guys, shut up about Hong Kong. You're gonna fuck up my sneaker deal." You know, <laughs> like that's how they get you, right? Yeah, so they get you. That's yeah, crazy.
0: Terrible. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like for Live Nation. Obviously, they're not some small fish. No, no. Um,
1: but yeah, so let's get. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how things. Like, I'm personally like. I don't want to get in a situation where I have to be on the road to, to, to like, because, I mean, when, when you make it past, like, a thousand bucks a show, the shit's fucking really exciting, like, when it first happens, and you're like, oh, my God, I want to play all the shows. And you start doing the math, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, if I play, like, three shows a week, it's, like, 150 grand a year. Like, holy fuck, for three days a week partying? Sign me up. And yeah. then you just end up, like, playing, like, as many shows as you can so i i mean i did that for like a good like 10 12 years like just seeing seeing how far i could take it and everything and it was great and man i mean like i made more money than i ever thought i was gonna make i, I didn't think I, would, I thought i was gonna be like hand to mouth life of poverty the whole fucking time you know and mm. then to just have that go from like fucking like 20 grand a month to like nothing like just damn. fucked my life up yeah and uh, the whole time because they're like oh yeah it's two months it's just another three months etc i stayed in this like huge expensive fucking uh living situation and just like oh yeah watched my bank accounts just like empty bro damn
0: man terrible like, i'm so my, sorry damn, dude shit. just fucked my whole life up <laughs> that sucks man and then
1: of course the God, the fucking guy who gave me my biggest break in the music industry, I have eight collabs with and was like fucking most known to be associated with. Of yeah. course, his fucking dirty laundry comes out. And then it's, it's like, yeah, it's really dirty laundry. People being like, hey, you know, you got to say something. You're a dad. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I do. And then fucking. Yeah. And so I speak up, and I'm like the only artist who fucking says anything. Yeah. And then suddenly I've got like the wrath of the fucking wooks, like people yeah. sending threat threats and pictures of the shit they just took. And, Stupid, oh, God, man. It was
0: awful. Like that's fucking, so messed up, man. I was like, oh
1: yeah, this is really, really what I need after fucking losing all my the, job. Yeah, man. And all, everything.
0: Like the Thanks. last, last thing you needed was more bass trolls just to come out and attack you. Like, yeah, totally, dude. I'm sorry. But
1: honestly, I get almost as much shit for promoting mask wearing as i do for fucking standing off the base nectar i got i don't I understand
0: i don't understand yeah. that it it's can only help insane. it's not going to hurt anybody yeah it's insane
1: and like people have the most crazy logic about it too like they'll be like okay well when you wear a mask right it's cutting down the oxygen to your brain which it's not and you're you're getting bacteria in the mask which you're huffing so wearing the mask is giving you brain damage from lack of oxygen and it's making you sick and i so and then i'll be like okay so surgeons must be really dumb and sick <laughs> then because they wear those exact masks all day yeah and they're like well
0: no but they're superhuman they're and not And then real. you're like
1: well what is what is your argument you like it just it makes no fucking sense these yeah. arguments like well, they make I've, no fucking sense
0: Right no i totally agree i think when people are in really stressful situations and going through a lot of crap in life they kind of like develop sometimes their own rationale which isn't always logical and i've seen that happen a lot like in the midst of the pandemic and everything but i think but the thing that gives me a little bit of hope is i think eventually whenever it comes back when we do start having more live shows i think people are going to appreciate it on a whole new level because it's been gutted for so long like
1: yeah i am not taking that shit for granted again ever you know yeah. but at the same time like you know i've been i've been doing a lot more studio work um and like i've been really like we doubled down on the dojo and made so much cool shit that would never have happened if it weren't for the fact that all of us in the dojo it's now our full-time job you yeah know? like cool. it always used to be a kind of side hustle for me and you know mm-hmm. just like a passion project like i really um you know i wanted to give people the, the the leg up and the the access to the knowledge and the opportunities that i never had coming up right yeah. so I kind of started it to do, to do that. And, um and then, you know, I, like I said, I realized a few years ago too, that like, I was like, man, you know, like I taught, taught Lauren fucking Ableton before he was fucking like, when he used to DJ for 500 bucks and stay on my couch and like, you know, I taught Beast Antique how to run their first live set. I taught Mimosa. I fucking G Jones and fucking Minnesota came to my workshop when they, before, when, back when G Jones was Grizzly Jay and shit. And I was yeah. like, man, if I'd been putting out music from these motherfuckers, like, think about what it would have been like years later to be like, yeah, all their first records. That was my me. label, right? That so I was, was like, me. like yeah. okay, I gotta start yeah. I gotta start a label. So, yeah. you know, so I started the label and then. You know, people, the quality level has just been getting crazy. It's awesome, man. Um, you know, and like some of the, like Ionize, he's a, he's dojo, you know, uh, and he's like, he's got way more fans than I do now. Like, we, he, I mean, the remix I did for himself almost 3 million views on YouTube now. Like, it's fucking crazy. That's, cool.
0: That's really cool, dude. Um,
1: so he, yeah, he, so he's killing it. Um, Unk is A beast! That dude is blowing up right now. Like he's he's really doing well. Sixth Street is doing well too. He's like dialed in with all these dance channels and stuff. Hell yeah! So yeah, so it's it's been you know so we started doing these like record label showcases and started our own streaming network, Dojo TV.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. um, You you stream every week, don't you? On Twitch, yeah. There's there's
1: lots of different. Well, no, we do it um on our own site.
0: On your site, okay.
1: Yeah, because Twitch is cool, but it's like I want people in our system.
0: Yeah. You know, like get those I don't
1: emails and all my fucking traffic to Bezos. Like that guy doesn't need my fucking traffic. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean you own your own content, right? That's, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like I'm not I like feel that. I'm not I don't care if people, people go to Twitch and measure how many followers I have. I don't care. Yeah. Like I, right. I know how many followers I have on my mailing list and on yeah. my internal dojo shit. Right. And they're worth way more to me there. Yeah. And we we get control. Like I just yeah. it's amazing how quick people are to just volunteer control over their life to these fucking pathological billionaires, like fucking, you know, Zuckerberg's just like, Oh yeah, nice following you have there shame if something happened to it,
0: yeah, right? Yeah. You know,
1: Facebook's free and it yeah. always will be unless you want to actually reach your fans. Then it costs hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Per post.
0: Then you can, yeah, no, exactly. I've run into that too. I spent a lot of ad traffic going to my audience, engaging my people. And now I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going for emails now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Much.
1: Emails are way better. And it's just like, I don't know, man, it's just, that shit's so fucked up. So, um, you know, i have been kind of backburnering my own, cause like, I used to do my teaching and stuff on Patreon and then I basically broke the Patreon system because I had too much content and my links were getting out. And then um, like oh, I shared my videos on YouTube and some person scraped my YouTube and like had all my music lessons on some blog and shit. What? And, oh, yeah. Man. And then people like I would see all my stuff like making the rounds instead. like I'd, I'd post it and then like a week later it would be out. So I was like, damn, I need to secure – yeah, where like all my content's organized and it's behind a paywall, and so a couple of my students um, built the website for me on Spec. They were just like, "Yo, you gotta, you gotta do this. Like, we're gonna fix your shit right now." Right. And we had a pretty good relationship. Um, they were they were working for a bit. They've since moved on to do other things, uh, but they introduced me to this guy named Dave, and Dave, uh, he's Dave Dave uh, Ray, and he's uh, been uh just instrumental in the transformation of the dojo he's like my full-on partner now awesome Uh, and he does like internet marketing and stuff but he's also been to like recording engineer school and yeah um you know so he knows the music business and he and i were both like man there's so many things that are like broken about the music business you know like the the gatekeeping the predatory like just rinsing people for cash and all that stuff it's just yeah that's crazy. It's really man. bother me, you know, and just that whole like like trickle down fame economics pecking order bullshit just sucks. Like it's it's whack, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, we really wanted to, to develop solutions for that, and then also solutions for artists to be able to retain control of, of everything. Because like Bandcamp is cool, but you can't do everything at Bandcamp. Like you can't put up teaching hours. You can't put up sound packs. You can't. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like presets or whatever. You can't. You know. So. Right. Um, So, we made this new website, the producerdj.com marketplace. So, Producer Dojo is like my record label and my personal training project. And then, producerdj.com is a website where all of my friends are building profiles and putting up their sound packs and their teaching hours and their music and their stuff. Right on. Right on. So, we're right at the end. Uh, Like, if you watch this when it's coming out, you know it's probably like it's nearly done but if you're watching this like a couple months from now you should check it out it'll probably be like yeah yeah open but yeah. there's a bunch of people that are that are making pretty good money now um and yeah you can just like you know it's just artists are totally in control of their profile we don't mm-hmm. have investors to answer to mm-hmm. they're trying to like you know be the bourgeoisie yeah you know, it's just like totally by artists for artists artists controlled yeah put the power in their hands and you know, I know that it's it's useful enough that I'm not going to have to be like breaking the bank on advertising because it's like there's just nothing like it. And yeah, I don't cool, think man. anyone's going to build anything like it with startup capital because they'll have investors to answer to, and then it's just not going to be in the artist's yeah. favor. Yeah. it's like you know, like because I mean, even Patreon. I love Patreon, but it's essentially just a payment processor. There's no there's no paywall to put your your mm-hmm. videos behind or whatever you right. know, like. Like, like, you know, you can post a private YouTube thing with a password, but if that link and password get out, it's yeah. bad, you know? Well,
0: even like a simple Wix website, you can still create a membership in that. And then you can also monetize and you can make more per transaction than you would on Patreon by having that even and owning that content for sure. Yeah, a for
1: sure. Yeah, keeping keeping control of your shit is essential. So yeah, so yeah. we're not doing any, no exclusivity or anything, and like you know, people like because I mean, we if we produce the content with them as like a producer dojo product within the producer DJ marketplace, then that's different. But uh, in terms of like, we're just give people the keys. Be like, here, do it. Do yeah. you want with it. Here's all the infrastructure. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so we got KJ Saka's using it a lot. Yeah. Um, Lisa Vasquez, uh, she's like an NPC, finger drummer, battle person. She's been killing it on there. Right on ah he on there oh man we got yeah just,
0: ah he was yeah, on the podcast ah, he too good. dude he, that guy's a beast man yeah he is he's hilarious too i love yeah. that guy and he's a really just like a good person he is yeah um, no we were hanging out he was like house sitting for a friend and on a chicken farm so he was yes. talking about sampling his chickens we could hear chickens him are the surprisingly podcast. percussive they are. They really are. Yeah. Sylvia Massey, I mean, she made a whole entire like infographic on how to mic a chicken. Yo, here, you want to hear
1: um, some music I made with, uh, with the chickens here. I'll see if I can get it. Hell yeah, it. dude. The
0: chicken dance. So let's see. Yeah, I sampled you some okay, geese so- last year. Has some good goose samples if you need some.
1: Nice. So I was um, working for um, Microsoft for the Windows Phone at one point, doing ringtones for the Windows Phone. Yes. Um, it's a good story um, actually. I yeah, I was making comedy (laughs) ringtones, and uh, this is one of my comedy ringtones. Um, this is called Funky Farm.
0: that' was a banger right, that, was a, goes hard. It that goes slaps hard. dude that slaps yeah <laughs> that's awesome thank you for that honestly yeah, yeah no problem I might yeah, have I, to I, I, I might have to purchase the rights for that and then swap out the intro music for this podcast maybe I'll just use that it, for every every intro
1: okay, I'll leave you another one this is <laughs> this is the uh, cat themed one which I really wanted to call kitty porn but I didn't I don't think they would have appreciated you <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Yeah, there's a good I like a good set of chimes. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The dog one is pretty fun too. I'll show you the dog one. What? <laughs> Oh, they're so dumb. They're so. Oh, dumb. that's amazing. Wait, so yeah, did, it was fun. It was a
0: fun did, gig. Did you record all those animal samples yourself, or you just find them online? No, like, I just it's copyright free fucking a lot of freesound.org and stuff. I'm picturing you just like chasing like a dog around with a field recorder mic. You're just like trying yeah. to get him to bark at you.
1: I did record my own farts though.
0: Farts I know you. You all s- original. All original. original. See, that's impressive. Did you like pitch your farts and everything? And
1: no, no, they're um, they're, they're just they're raw,
0: just, just just raw straight raw up. I mean, audio. A little bit of EQ, okay. Yeah, some compression. Yeah, they some saturate Hopefully, not too much saturation. No, I know
1: you don't. (laughs) But yeah, good times. Good times.
0: That's so great. Yeah, and you sold that to to Bill Gates. Well, Microsoft. Microsoft, Microsoft right? Yeah, essentially Bill. And that's that's kind of how the Ill Gates name came about, right? No, no. The
1: Ill Gates name was before, which is how the gig came about
0: yes so, that's that's right a burning that's right. man
1: being named dale gates people from silicon valley partying that's how i met my friend danielle who was one of my best friends and she um was working at Windows phone and bing or she was working at bing her sister was working at Windows phone so i ended up also working for her
0: sister and getting the gig doing ringtones and then that's an amazing story man comedy ringtones and that's amazing farts are funny Everybody loves fart noises. Yeah, everybody yeah. loves a good fart Can you, tone can you down? Noise? Can you download like? No, the they're all long gone. So the yeah. wind, the ah. Windows Phone
1: is long gone. They're all long gone. They like, probably
0: won't even set off the copyright detection algorithms. Gone like the wind. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Well, man, what upcoming projects do you have? Like last but not least, um, well, we'll man, off. I
1: got a bunch of new music. I got a release on Subsidia that is coming out next week. Nice. Uh, with Echo Zoo, uh, it's like a big, like vocal tune. Probably took me longer than any other song that, and like since I was like, you know, knew what I was doing. Wow, that says um, something. So yeah, it's like probably at least a hundred, maybe hundred fifty hours on that one. It wow. Was, yeah, it was, so so that one that's pretty exciting. When does that come uh, out? Uh, that is, I think January sixth.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah, so is
1: that and then there's the Ahi release, which is um, I think the same week. Um, so those are both pretty big. Nice. Um, then uh, this guy, Mammoth, M A M M Y. Yeah, yeah I know Mammoth. Uh, he's got a release coming out on the Dojo Record label. That's our first LP on the Dojo label. Oh, nice. uh, He was trying to do an EP, and the tracks were just so good, I couldn't choose. So I was like, well, that's fine. I want all of them. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, he's got this LP that is just like fucking so clear and just like perfect transients and really nice melodies and that's stuff. That's wonderful. It's like, really, really well done. We love um, that. I've got my full-length album, but that has been delayed because I'm working on um, that uh, remix for Ionize. Um, that I played a little fragment of to show you the, the, the hi-hat thing. Yeah. Uh, that remix. I'm that was dope. In the next couple of days. Yeah. It's, a, it's good. It's a, it's a trap song about cooking up crack and selling it great um but uh yeah it's got 42 doug uh on it and then Uh. raekwon's brother des eagle and and then this um this dude uh jacobs whose fucking rhymes are so great like he's just he's like he's kind of pretty pretty unknown but he's like a writer he writes for a lot of big people and then uh i think it was like his like ninth follower on on spotify like he just, oh wow. Uh, yeah, his, but this, his verse, I cannot stop thinking about his verse. It's so great. Like, it's, he's just, yeah, he's, got, he's just got great style and just really visual rhymes. Like, I think yeah, music should be visual.
0: I know? agree. Yeah, like tell a good story, you know? Yeah, totally. I and, agree. Uh,
1: and I, I love a good rap song about, about selling crack,
0: you know? like You love that too. Yeah, you got to mix it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, conscious rap just get it's, it's great but it comes like it's a little bit like like when you're rapping about like the universe and shit i'm just like oh god come on dude like, <laughs> it just sounds so much better when it's about selling crack like i don't yeah i don't sell crack i don't smoke crack i think crack sucks i wouldn't yeah i'd recommend it to anyone i wouldn't but either is, but it's like you gotta you gotta understand the fucking systemic racism that uh led led to rap music being the uh, most reliable reporting on the realities of the, the inner city. <laughs> that's true, you know, though. It's just like a documentary, man. It's, it's not real. like, it's, hey, this is glorious. Yeah. It's like, this yeah. is the problem.
0: It's not sugar-coated, you know? yeah. That's no. true, man. That's true.
1: So, yeah, I love it. Because like, I remember when I first heard that song, Coco, I was like, this is the fucking dumbest song I've ever heard. And then the second time I heard it, I was like, this is the greatest song I've ever heard. And then I remember I was in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and I always like like when I go west to east, I will fly in a day early because of weather and because of just like you know triple connector or whatever. You don't want to take any chances, man. Like yeah. I don't miss sets. Yeah, I don't. Like I've been DJing, no. that's a bad playing day. Shows for twenty years, I've missed under five, and they're all like hospitalization or border issues. You oh know? shit! Yeah, like they're not. I don't that's, miss sets unless that's that's a it's a good record. Absolutely necessary. Yeah, so. Um, so I come in early and I'm like, um, you know, I'm reading at this restaurant across from the hotel and these, there's this door that opens and all these, like, like, you know, it's like Friday night or whatever. And all these dudes like come out and they got like the full, like, you know, like, like night on the town, black guy suit on and they're coming out and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll take another round of Hennessy. And then they disappear in the door. I'm like, why the fuck does this door keep going on with all these dudes who are obviously like out to party? you know, coming in here to get a Hennessy. Like, what's up? So then one of the guys comes in and he's like, Hey man, what you doing reading the book? It's Friday night. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm playing a show tomorrow. I'm just, just chilling out. He's like, Oh, you're DJ. You like to party? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, there's a party next door. It's so packed. I'm coming around here to get my Hennessy here. I'll buy you a Hennessy. I'm like, all right. So the guy buys me a Hennessy and then we open the door and it's like this packed club just All black people, I'm like the only white guy there, and the dude, the dude who's like my gregarious host or whatever, is just like super welcoming, super nice. Introduces me to all his friends. They all have these like rad suits on and shit with like the matching hats and the hell yeah. So we're partying, fucking drinking Hennessy, have so much fun. And like you know, like being the only white guy in an all black club is a fucking great experience. Like they love you, man. Yeah, they're 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 so stoked. They're just like, oh my god. look at you out of your element. Like, yeah, this that's, is you yeah. Know, like, let's, let's fucking party. It's a great experience. I've, I've been the only white guy in black clubs many times. Um, that sounds you know, great. So, and, and anyway, so, it's, so we're partying, I'm getting pretty drunk. And then the end of the night comes and it's like fucking last call and the lights come on and the DJ drops that Coco song. And this was like, right when it came out, you know? And as soon as that I'm in love with the cocoa fucking people literally threw drinks in the air, fucking climbing on the tables and bars, like just pounding on the fucking walls and screaming. And the bartenders just like ah
0: fucking boom boom just like dicking out
1: shots. I was like, holy fuck, this song has some power, man. Yeah. That is we're
0: going nuts.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. it was like it the that place exploded. It was awesome. That sounds fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That doesn't have, just doesn't happen with conscious hip hop. doesn't happen.
0: No, you're right. That's true. People are all like introspective and thinking about life. Less dancing. Back on. Scratch
1: their chin. (laughs) Pass a joint to someone be like, this shit,
0: This shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Love love a good song about crack. Love a song about crack. Yeah. I mean, you got to mix it up. Dude, I appreciate you, man, jumping on the podcast. It's so good seeing you. I want to respect yeah. your time and everything else. Um, I'm excited for the dojo. seems like you're helping a lot of artists right now, doing yeah, some Yeah, man, cool
1: producerdojo.com. That's where you can get all the info. And then uh, yeah. my class I teach every week is theweeklydownload.com. Uh, 20 bucks gets you access to the whole archive of all the sound packs that I've made, all the classes. This week is 212 So there's, there's a lot, there's a a weekly download on basically every single subject you can think of. Yeah. So
0: that's a lot um, of stuff.
1: Yes, and that's like twenty bucks. So that's pretty fucking unbeatable, valuable for twenty bucks. Yeah, man. Um, yes, and then um, produce a DJ.com if you want to like buy sound packs from different artists or book a book a one-off
0: lesson or whatever. Yeah. So on the socials, where's the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Uh, I'm at illgatesmusic everywhere except for SoundCloud where I'm at ill-gates because it was started by a manager of mine like a billion years ago. So all the other ones match. They're all at illgatesmusic. But SoundCloud is ill-gates. Nice. Um, illgates.com. It's a great place to get my music for free. I uh, There's like a big folder that you can just yeah sign up for the mail list and get a big folder of tunes. Um, but yeah, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, you know, definitely SoundCloud and Spotify. It's where I kind of prefer people come check me out because it's all about that music, you know? You don't That's need right. to see what I fucking cook for breakfast unless you're – you're into that thing. Ill plates hashtag Illplates, all up on IG. Yeah. Fucking, uh, I love cooking.
0: Love cooking, so. Yeah, yeah, man. Cooking in the studio, cooking up with the fam. You've got yeah. a lot of great posts of you and your dog and all those things. Yes, yeah, lots of dogs. If you dog want to follow Dylan and his us. dog, go to Ill gates. Um, yeah, man. Also, you have some live streams coming up. I saw you have a winter charity stream happening. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, um, yeah, I got tons of them. And then um. fun fact, if you want to replay all of my audio video sets that I've created, those are available on my Patreon only. But there's like a good like, probably like six hours of video performances there. That's a lot. You can't put them on YouTube. Right, because of all the copyright issues and stuff. Like, if I use i V, you, I'm not going to clear every single VJ clip I bought from every library. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to clear like, like let's say I play one of my friend's samples. I am I really going to fucking contact their record label and get all like for every single get in writing for every single fucking thing clear So, um, yeah. So there's just Dropbox links in my, uh, Patreon. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's some, I've been doing all these themed sets. Um, I did a black lives matter set that was pretty dope with all the rap music that came out immediately in the fall, like during the George Floyd.
0: I saw that. Yeah. I
1: saw you promote that. Yeah. That set was pretty heavy duty. Um, and then, yeah. And then I don't like, I don't play unreleased music unless it's like,
0: Secret because
1: people cut my tracks out. That's why I stopped streaming my studio sessions. People cut my fucking tracks out and hosted them on their channels. Yeah, this music and when mangers. I put it out, I'm getting copyright strikes for my own fucking music because someone stole that shit.
0: Yeah, that's oh. no good. That's no oh. good. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, I made that beat. That's all me. That's all yeah.
1: me. Yeah, it was so bad. This one kid, like, oh, it's a bummer. Just, yeah. And then that's he's like, I went to his thing and I go to the About Me and he's like, I'm dying of lupus. And my only joy is cutting tracks out of people's live streams and hosting them <laughs> on my YouTube. I'm like, oh, I can't even hate on them. I can't even put them on blast. Fucker. Yeah, Could've it's a
0: 45-year-old guy in his underwear or something. It's not even yeah, real. totally. It's possible. Totally. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Lives in his mom's basement. Well- Dude, I appreciate you once again for your time and everything, man. It's been a long Hell time yeah. coming, getting you on the podcast. I think people are going to yeah, love this. Hank. Yeah, always. And uh, I'm going to post this probably, it would be the first Tuesday of the year. So Cold whatever Courtney, date that is. Team,
1: we'll make sure that it uh, gets a blast. Well, yeah. hey, great to reconnect. A lot yeah, to
0: love. Uh, you too, hands, man. Wear a mask. Always. Avoid yeah. gatherings. Hand sanitizer. All
1: that shit. I know it's boring and lame, but, <laughs> you, you know. Here I am, like my whole fucking living and life and income dependent on music. And I'm telling you to fucking stay home and not party. So shit's serious. Oh,
0: it is serious, man. But you're doing good things. I'll drop all the links in the show notes for this episode for you. All right, peace out. Take it easy, man. Peace, later. Yo! Thanks for listening to the podcast everyone Much love If you want to purchase Ableton Live Maybe you don't own the latest and greatest version Go to liveproducersonline.com Slash buy Ableton I'm happy to hook you up with a discount I'll shoot you the serial code And you can start making some awesome music And yeah It's good to save money too really appreciate your support for future episodes. If you just want to hit subscribe, maybe leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, and if you want to stay connected with more things, I'm also teaching a lot of Ableton Live, I'm going to be releasing mini courses and things like that. Uh, you can stay connected in the newsletter, go to LiveProducersOnline.com slash newsletter, and you'll be the first to know with new episodes, new webinars I'm doing, all that fun jazz. Also if you want to stay connected with me, I'm jumping on Zoom with all of my members. Once a week. And it's a good way to ask questions. We pick a topic that we dive into. You can also access all my downloads and all of the content and things that I've made. Um, If you choose the pro membership, you can access all of what I said, plus all my courses and everything I've made. So check that out, lifeproducersonline.com. Have a super awesome week. I'll see you guys next time.